Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your honorable DJ Metal Monkey, and I encourage you to buy from within your community for a healthy community and a sure safe future. Uh, every dollar spent outside of your community could be funding evil, ill practices, policies, and poverty. Please be sure to visit DJMetalMonkey.info and subscribe for a free copy of my book, Killers in Plain Sight, or you can just go buy that book for ten dollars <laughs> and uh, marijuana is legal in most states uh, let me see what else I ain't got no shit that I want to read Americans think marijuana shit yeah motherfucking 90% 91% of Americans want marijuana fucking legal so, yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, no shit. You shouldn't even have to pass a bill on that. That's like, bruh, 91% of your people, man, want to make... That's why I be telling people, man, like, everybody think we in the country. We in a fucking corporation, y'all. Everybody think they're in the country, man, and they're trying to live regular life as just civilians. No, you got to live a life of an employee. This is... I don't know. Y'all need to check out... Uh, City of God, Turkey. Just type both of them in. City of God, Turkey. And uh, the mountain of, I don't know, just type Turkey, City of God, Dog Mountain. <laughs> type that in and see what rabbit, because I, I just get y'all like the rabbit hole. All the other shit, man, I'm talking about, I just get y'all the goddamn rabbit hole. It's, it's, it's some crazy ass shit there. But yeah, they decriminalized marijuana. And uh, I'm happy, man, because, you know, Oregon, I was just talking to Lynn, Oregon, out there, shit's decriminalized, too. And, like, motherfuckers be like, oh, well, it's still, it's like, uh, it's it's okay, man. Like, I mean, it ain't okay, though. Like, you still can go to jail for selling it. But, dude, how often do people go to jail for selling it? Like, people get busted mostly trying to hide smoking that shit. You know how many times I'd have been like on the martyr with a fire-ass blunt I was smoking and the martyr pull up and then I got to go and then I hop back off that bitch and want to light up but then I see a cop. You know what I mean? Like, God damn. Or I already done lit up, right? I was taking a walk one day. Oh, shit. I, I don't know. I think that was that. I think we were, I don't know. But one day I was taking, taking a walk. Can't speak for you, and speak for me. But and uh, I'm smoking good. I mean, I'm smoking good. I'm getting ready to take this long stroll uh, through Midtown, and here come the goddamn police. I had to put the blunt down. That was fucking horrible, horrible. I was like, yo, this day started off. I felt like a Smurf. Like we about to lie, 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 lie all the way through Midtown. But then the police hit the goddamn block. And I was like, fuck. I put the blunt out in my hand, put it in my pocket, and I just continued my walk nervously. <laughs> Hoping they ain't see it because I know they seen it. Like, by the time I seen them or seen it, I was like, oh, they had to see me from a distance smoking this weed. Why I got to feel like that as an adult? Like, somebody, see, that's why kids get in trouble because they think they're going to get in trouble. Like, for real, kids... Kids do the most trying not to get in trouble. They do the most trying not to get in trouble. Like, they sneak out the house, lock themselves out on accident. <laughs> then have to 
put themselves in danger trying to, you know, get back, like, all kinds of shit. And that's just like an adult. Like, man, if you, if you can fucking smoke you a blunt, put that bitch out, walk straight into Walmart, danked up, like I do all the time, without feeling paranoid. Walk past the police smelling like that fire. You know you're going to smell like Kush. I wish y'all could smell my fingers right now. But <laughs> good old Kush. But you know you're going to smell like Kush. You know what I mean? I was in, uh, when I first got out to Atlanta, I knew it was over with. When I first got out to Atlanta, I was uh, managing Hooters, man. I was fucking uh, doing some regular managing Hooters. It was fun, too. And uh, when I came out here, I was negotiating a salary to go uh, do uh, do some work with them. And why? And like, I had to come back, and he was like, you know, because that's what we were going to do, negotiate salary that day, eat a little lunch, whatever. Man, I smoked some shit before I got there. I was so fucking high. Like, I was, I was dumb high. And uh, the dude was like, the dude was like, damn. He's like, shit, you should You didn't even put on a cologne, man. And I was like, dude, I got to manage a damn restaurant. Now, I smoke. I talked to him, negotiated a lower salary than what I was getting, and then I quit. I never went back to that motherfucker. I said, y'all can kiss my ass. Like, fuck this shit. Nigga, I'm like, you mean to tell me you got somebody who's coming to your establishment for 40 hours a week. Well, some people say, well, we don't want you to do the job high. What you want me to put, take some prescription drugs and go to and go to work? Oh, okay, so you can take a couple lower tabs and go do the job. She can't smoke no marijuana. No. I'm going to come at any, like, uh, at any event that I smoke before, I'm not putting on cologne. I like the sm- smell of weed. I think it's pretty damn okay. Like, when I smell somebody who smells like that gas, oh, man. Shit. No, I mean, don't you think? I mean, when you smell that gas, it's like you're in love. Like, it's kind of like you smell that gas and you're like, mmm, mmm. And you look for who's smelling like gas. And then it's a whole thing. And you kind of admire the person who smells like loud. I mean, sometimes I hate the, the image that go with it because you, you see a dude with his pants hanging half off his ass, his eye be red. And. He definitely got dreads. <laughs> and he probably doing the most. He probably the only one in this whole store doing the most. But he hides shit. That's why you don't argue with... Like, you see a hood motherfucker. Like, you see one of these hood bitches. <laughs> and y'all in fucking beauty supply store. Or you in fucking Walmart. Don't argue with them. For one, they smoked a blunt before they left the house. So, they don't mean it. But they gonna argue with you for a long time. Y'all might even fight in the public. Like, I don't get into it with them folks. Like at Walmart and Line getting into it with people and shit. Them people are high. <laughs> Everybody go to Walmart. They get in the line. They're, Damn, this line so long, dog. Bro, you're in a department store. That's that that could happen. The lines can actually get long. Because they got over a million products in this store 
And the line, like, and if they sell all those products, that many people got to be in the building. <laughs> you just don't want to stand in line. Oh, how I hate to stand in line. Because you high. People who ain't high, they tend to just go to line and stand in that bitch. I be seeing some people with them ugly-ass kids sometimes be up in there and, and, and they be doing the most. But when you high and you got kids, you and that bitch saying, stop it. I'm going to beat the shit out of you when I get in the car. Wait until we get in the car. Wait until we get in the car. <laughs> Every, your parents ever told you that? <laughs> they ain't give a fuck about you. They said, I tell you what. I tell you what. All right. Wait till we get in that car. They were tired of your ass, man. Tired of your ass, man. They decoded you. They tired of your ass, man. They ain't give a fuck. They were so tired of your ass, man. She always do this when we go out. They be so sick of a motherfucker. They say, man, and they say it in front of you too, like in front of people. You'll be ill mouthed, man. Kids don't have a chance. When their parents get married, their parents be talking in front of strangers and shit, embarrassing. They don't give a fuck. My mama used to take my sisters to the fucking store. And uh, she used to be like, uh, like we be in JCPenney or some shit. For one, they don't even want to be in this motherfucking store. They want to go to the hip store like everybody else. My mama's like, nah, we're going here. So even in them stores, my mama used to, because my mama can dress. She ain't no old motherfucker like that. My mama, she still got sway. <coughs> and she said, Hey, uh, she be like, come here, try this on. My sister be like, I don't like that. My mom be like, try this on. He like, you be in the store. There's other people in there. They're like, try this on. Go in there, get your big ass in there and try this on. Like, in front of everybody, man. Like, it don't matter if my sister was skinny. She going to feel like shit after she called. Get your big ass. Get your black ass in there and go put it on. Like, what if your like I'm quite sure they've seen their friends and they ain't the only ones because their friends' mamas was like that too. Actually, see, my mama wouldn't too much like that. She wouldn't, she, she ain't a humiliator. My mama ain't. My mama a big upper. She'll make you look like, she, she'll, if you feel like shit, my mama can make you feel like you're a millionaire. You, you'll need her around because as soon as you leave, you probably go back to normal, but <laughs> she'll make you feel good. Like, she, she's a real motivator, but. In public, man, back then, boy, I just seen people get so embarrassed. I got, I heard one of my home, like, a little chick that I considered dating for a hot second, for a hot second. This major incident happened. And uh, I remember I went back to school and told everybody, but her mama was in there. But her mama said, you going, she says, you going there and you try these damn bras on now. I don't give a damn about that boy. He don't like your fat ass. She talking about me and, uh, yeah. I seen in the store like, hey, we talk. That's what she said in front of all of us, nigga. You know how she felt? She had to go in, on it, go in there and try some bras on. <laughs> she said that that little boy don't give a damn about your fat ass. And her mama told her that, and she went in there. Her mama, a good lady too. Like, damn. I mean, she probably close as shit with her mama right now. They probably both go to church together. But she got. She was. I man. I could just. Uh, her face probably was on the ground. Like, she never had a... Like, if she ever had a chance, if we ever had a chance to date, that just didn't... 
Like that that ended it. Her mama cocked knocked up forever in my ass. Cause like it's so ridiculous. I got her name at the end of my tongue and I won't I can't say it because that's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's ridiculous. And it sucked because god damn it, like mother if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened. <laughs> Cause I mean both of us know what happened. Shit, we talked about it in school and shit. Like we, we know what happened. I just couldn't date her no more. Uh, I mean not not try to pursue it. Like I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm gonna date her. She was a cute little motherfucker, man. She, she was a little chubby, she wasn't fat. That just what mama say. Black mamas, they gonna call you fat and black. Fat and black, fat and black. Your black ass, like your daddy. Shit like that. Yeah, fucking crazy shit. Difference in Jamie, man. I was a unique kid. Now, when it comes to, like, my people who do art and rap and shit like that, I admire them motherfuckers. But the last, but at the end of the day, you know, like, as being a regular human being, when it comes back to, like, no art, just being who you are, I mean, that's just... A lot of my musician friends aren't, they, they, they aren't that, they ain't cut from that cloth. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, when it comes to, like, that, the essence of just artsy, you know, I was raised, I was raised in a family that was about that life. I got some of my musician friends, they family was about that life. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lynn, Lynn family was about that life. Mine was about that life in a different way because my mama would sit me down and we would drink coffee. We would drink coffee early in the morning. When she drank coffee, I drank tea. And uh, she she had me reading the newspaper. She had me writing. And she had me writing because I was a left-hander and, and I would have to go ahead and catch the advantage before I started school. That's how I know when I started school, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I remember the things that happened back then. Like, I was left-handed. I didn't do any work during my kindergarten year, you know? Because I was a left-handed. The teacher wasn't trying to figure that shit out. She was, yeah. But my mom taught me before that. So, like, when it came to writing and stuff like that, my mama never gave us time. She would give you... She would give you enough rope to hang yourself every time. With time. Because if you, she caught you wasting time, it, you, you, she was gonna find you something to do. And boy, that was not good. That was never good. My mama would make you write, it, do anything from writing essay to reading books, to cutting grass, to fucking, I mean like outside work, you didn't wanna have to go outside. Cause we had, uh, we had, I don't have any friends with a yard as big as mine. Maybe Stephen Robbins grew up with more land. We we had even to this day. That's a, you know like it's a it's a lot of shit. You couldn't oh you ain't got nothing to do go go cut that grass. But my mama wasn't so big on that type shit. She's a woman, so she wasn't big on that type shit. I mean that's something that she enjoyed doing. She'd go out there and do it too for shits and giggles. We like it, but she's like hell yeah I'm out here, you know. But when it came to writing and, and learning, shit. Her dictionary, I mean, her, not her dictionary, but her library. My mother's library is like a collective of her mind. She got every book, every book. You want to know about her? Go to her library. And it's going to take you a while. 
And that's why now I say with these new artists and shit like that and new people, just, you know how people use the term new. Ain't none of this goddamn shit new. Ain't nothing new. Ain't nobody old, motherfucker. We in time. It's the moment. We in a moment. We in a moment. And then at every moment, everybody is the same at that moment. You think I'm older than King Vaughn? That's bullshit. When King Vaughn got here, from the time he lived to the time he got killed, we was existing together, coexisting together. That's our age. That's the moment. That's the only age people are, is the moment. So you living in the moment. That's it. You might see somebody who lived in the moment for 65 years or 70 years or 100 years. But the moment, shit, you living in a goddamn moment, you know? Together. Like, I can't call somebody uh, really old. I mean, old... That's 90 years old. I can't because you're only living in the moment. When you go, I'm living in the moment. You know what I mean? So, so we're so at, at, at the moment, we're experiencing the same thing. We watch the same TV, listen to the same vibration, same sound, same everything during our moment in this lifetime. So either you're in the moment or out the moment, it's not really a time. You know what I mean? Not really a time on the moment. Uh, yeah. That's a fucking crazy shit. Now today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna give y'all uh an old classic of mine, man. Something that I uh put together with uh this artist Rim Steel. Man, this dude is fucking dope. I'm gonna have his DJ on the fucking show at the end of the week. Yo, check it out though. Uh He's a pretty dope-ass artist. We did a freestyle uh, way back in the day. And I'm going to play it for y'all as a song of the day. All right, let's hear it. Yeah, just put my shoes and socks. Fresh about the pussy. Paranoid about my chicken pox. For the record, we leak songs and sell clothes. For the record, to each own, rebel slow. Fuck cancer, they put cancer in Bob Marley. Mother God is 16 and drunk probably. Hidden colors who wrote the Bible to ship Jesus. Make them believers, put them in dresses and take their divas. I fight the fetus and plant seeds for my seeds feeders. We all people, let's keep it simple, don't be so evil. 20 year G, my weed people, we need people. 20 year G, my weed people, we need people. David got a gun, Goliath got a rock. David got a gun, Goliath will get shot. OJ in the Marriott. My gypsy got some magic up a sleeve. And my lucky number nine bought a magic bag of trees. David got a gun, Goliath got a rock. David got a gun, Goliath will get shot. OJ in the Marriott. My gypsy got some magic up a sleeve. And my lucky number nine bought a magic bag of trees. This is for my niggas. Left on the block, fresh up out that pen, paranoid about these crooked cops. For the record, I won't snitch, it's closed lips. For the record, they waiting for the apocalypse. Fuck A's, they put A's in Easy E. Rest in peace is the only way they'll remember Keith. Holy Quran, King James, it's all names. The Messiah dwell in me and that will not change. I fight demons and wrestle witches when I'm asleep. When I awake, I see heaven, nigga, and morning's peace. 20 your life in 20 minutes, it passed by. 
I realize that life's short, it's five nine. Jehovah got a gun, Satan got a rock, Jehovah got a gun, Satan will get Those who make ships would put spiritual knowledge into the concept of shipbuilding. So you would get God as a ship. That's the secret if you can comprehend what I just said. But the point is, is that secrets are put into the craft of the teacher. The teacher does not blatantly tell you, this is the truth. You won't even understand it. What the teacher does is put the truth in the craft that the teacher is practicing. Yeah, for sure. That's my boy Rim Steel and the honorable DJ Metal Monkey. That was one of our freestyles from back in the day. I know y'all uh, need to go to his website and everything, Rim Steel. I don't know what uh, exactly is his website, but I'm going to have DJ Suspicion on this weekend. So uh, y'all check out Rim Steel. Just Google search his name. Y'all will find everything. Keith Prophet. Check him out. All right. What, the, what document is that doing? It's a scratch document. Oh, for real. I got Henry on the show. That's that's my dude, man. Henry gonna really, really, really be good. Like, I, I like Henry anyway, like, outside of the goddamn bullshit. Like, outside of how, like, people, just because I'm going to interview him and it's new and shit like that. Nah, man. Like, one thing about everybody, everybody so far, like, it's something interesting about them. Like, I start, I, I, I like, Henry... I actually admire him, like, I fuck with Henry, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I need to stop saying the real name, but DJ Suspicion. I fuck with him, but I call him Henry because I shit know the nigga, like, know the nigga, know the nigga, you know what I'm saying? But uh, Suspicion, man, he, he cold-blooded. And uh, we both went to uh, SAE at the same time when we was older. You know, I'm gonna probably talk to him about that shit, you know what I'm saying, a little bit, like, whatever happened. I would finish. He was like, "Man, me and him was gonna do it at that time too." I was doing the, um, I was doing that I Rock King shit, which that shit was working. It was fucking working. It was like, damn, dude. But it's just, you either gonna go hard or go home. So you know, here I go as a DJ. Yeah, but I'm a different DJ than everybody else, man. Like, see, one thing I I knew is being an artist, rap artist. And <coughs> <coughs> what you do is how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't had to be the best rapper. Like, once I heard Rakim rap when I was little, and then uh, not just Rakim, when I heard Nas rap, too, it was written. I learned I learned it was written. That was, like, the first Nas song I learned because I used to play it every day. Like, every time you hear the corner, when I was in ninth grade, every time I hear the corner, I had to restart my song. I had, to, had a tape player, so I had to rewind my tape all the way back to the beginning and start it was written all over with let the ding 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 the juice world beat that juice world beat use because Nas got a song called it was written a whole album like that and it's that beat so he's like ding 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 and I just sitting there and then I wouldn't go like it'd be sometimes to where I it's like okay you sitting there you get you got you added a little stop sign on 31 it's like you got to go man and the song wasn't on yet so so as soon as that bitch came on I just got it was like my whole brain because you gotta think I'm fucking 16 years old I got a whole fucking video going on in my head I'm thinking I'm Nas I'm rapping the whole fucking song 
Like, look at the. <laughs> Somebody should have slapped the piss out of my bitch ass. <laughs> like, hey, you little fucker. <laughs> but no, I'm fake thug, no love. And that was my shit, man. Uh, but once I heard Nas and Rakim, like, paid attention to their lyrics, and I heard um, Razzcast. Razzcast had, he, he made a song about how the earth was created. If you never heard that song, you got to listen to that song. It's a scary. It's it's so it's so real. It's scary. It's like you realize that it's people out here smarter than your ass by far. Like smarter. Like it's it's now it's some things that you can. And I learned the art of this. You know, I don't know if it's a Scorpio thing. It's just I just had to learn it because shit. I just looked like these niggas is the talent was just too too through the roof. And I was like, it ain't nothing impossible. It's just what I learned is nothing's impossible, but you got to do something different or unique. Once you see somebody with that level of talent and you still want to be like aspire to be that, you got to come in a different way. You got to start a different lane. But, you know, I say uh, somebody like like the hip-hop greats. There's hip-hop greats out there that Soldier Boy made way more money than easily. And people were like, damn, that's crazy. But yeah, he Soldier Boy made a lot of more money than some of our hip hop legends. You know what I'm saying? People who like started hip hop, helped hip hop out. Like Soldier Boy easily make more money than them niggas. But at the same time, the reason why he do, cause he came in a different way. Yeah, you can't put Soldier Boy song up against a uh Rock Him song or nothing like that. You can't do that. It's like, man, y'all niggas play too much. But at the end of the day, Soldier Boy came in a different way and made, he still fulfilled his dream in hip hop. That's why I like hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the music genre, because there's some people you come in a different way. Like, fucking MC Hammer was clearly out there with Hammer pants on, talking about some That's Why We Pray. And had gangsters talking about That's Why We Pray, and they dancing and shit. Like, yeah, it was gangster rappers probably mad as fuck that he was going platinum. They was, they was hating that nigga. <laughs> But Hammer was making more money than any of these niggas ever made in their entire life. Razzcast got that hot ass verse. That's better than MC Hammer's whole, that verse is hotter than MC Hammer's whole catalog to me. <laughs> I would take one Razzcast verse, and actually any Razzcast verse, not even that one song. That one song better than a lot of people's catalog, that one song. When he talk about making the earth, he really took it down to what, like, Bruh, you like every single bar was something. It was a build-up. It made sense. It was like not no run on. I'm, I'm gonna lead you up to this. He said how the earth was made, like fucking all the way through the entire. It's like God damn, bruh, shit weird. So that the talent level was just crazy. It was scary. I just knew the difference in human beings. So even as a DJ, like when I see like suspicion, like when I even thought about DJing, because I thought about it way long time ago, when um we went to Barnaroo and I forgot what fucking year it was, man. This was a long goddamn time ago. I went to Barnaroo and I said, man, I think I think this is what I want to do, man. I fucking I can DJ, man. I can fucking DJ. This is what it is. But I had so much life bullshit in my way. I was like, nah, DJ is the whack nigga, man. Look at this guy, all them carts. And I learned, I studied DJing and shit. But when I started the Autumn Metal Monkey, 
I just didn't I, I had a love for music And I just didn't want to stop producing and rapping You know what I'm saying I just didn't want to It's like it, it don't feel right It's something that I grew up This is my path This is what I love Without producing and rapping man I wouldn't even I don't know what we've been going on throughout the years you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always stayed around. Like, shit, it's people that, that know. It's just people that know. You know what I'm saying? Like, they know, shit, our life, how it was. And then I seen Rim Steel. He like my brother. He like my brother. And that's, he like fucking um, Suspicion Brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, Suspicion and um, Rim was like, uh, I think they was roommates for a while. Actually, that's, that's Rim DJ. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't know suspicion without this nigga existing, right? You know what I'm saying? But Rim, he's just one of my brothers, but I got like a lot of niggas that like was doing shit and we was just like, he thought I was rapping and we was doing shows. I was booking shows. I was fucking managing artists. I was doing a lot of shit throughout the years that I, I've done so much to where I forgot. Like when it comes to my kids asking me about music and shit like that, I forgot more than you about to learn, bro. Right now, in the next five, ten years, twenty years, you know what I'm saying? Like seriously, I forgot more than they that they're gonna learn in the next ten, fifteen years, and that's just a fact. For dealing with people, they gonna end up dealing with people and stuff like that, and all of this and that. But man, I forgot shit that people are going to school for. You know what I mean? Just because that's what happened over years. You, you know, fourteen, fifteen. I was from Southside Records when I was fourteen years old. When I was 18 years old, I was a hard time record. And didn't stop being with them until I was uh, 22. You know what I mean? I was... And then after that... Uh, shit, I did a lot of shit. Like, you know, still... Like, little shows, local shows. I worked with gospel groups and shit like that. Booking shows and venues and... Uh, hosting events. You know what I'm saying? Like... Just just doing a lot of stuff, a lot of work, man, throughout the years. You just put in work because it's hip-hop. Like, hip-hop made us not have to be American. It made us not have to speak English. You know what I'm saying? And now, like, and we got so wrapped up into being, being like what's on TV or what they, they advertise you to be. Blacks, because it's, it's like a motherfucker. You know it, I mean, because you Hispanic. You you fucking know how, like, Puerto Rican parents could be or Jamaican parents or Haitian parents. You know what I'm saying? They they different on their kids. Like, they don't give a fuck about that crap, man. You better go get you a fucking job, nigga. You better know how to work on this fucking truck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is. And see, our generation was, like, taking the heat for that bullshit. That's why I never let hip-hop go. That's my love. I still... Man, you mean to tell me... Somebody making a trillion dollars a year, over over a trillion dollars a year off of hip-hop, and this some bullshit? How? How? Religion is making, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's making more money than religion at this point. And I think a lot of our parents... Black, Hispanic, whatever. I think a lot of our parents back then, they didn't know. Just like I say, like, 
Haitian and Jamaican kids would get taught, man, you better speak English. You just better say it right. And it's like, dude, I don't have to say it right at the house. So you're getting taught to be fake. So when you was doing hip-hop, you ain't have to be fake. You just made up a word. And that nigga comprehend that word and be like, yeah, that's the new word. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Bad means good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm good mean I'm neutral. You know what I'm saying? Like, words became, you know, it became a language, and it's a thing. It, it became a consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Like a, like how some people got uh, Christ consciousness. Some people got a, a, a consciousness of this religion over here, Buddha, Zen, all of that. But hip-hop has a vibration, and it's a consciousness to it. Because when you speak the language of it, you know, in the raps, the raps are like some of them are great spells, some of them are silly spells, some of them are, but they give you every aspect of life, everything, you know what I'm saying? And then what's even hip hop too is like R&B pretty much is hip hop too, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just what it is now. You know, it used to be R&B, but now it's hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything's going back to the essence of what it was really supposed to be. You know? And, uh, I don't know, people like Henry and shit like that, I gotta interview these niggas, man, because these niggas, like, put in the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, me being a DJ and producer, I ain't gonna lie, like, I can down-talk myself. I can downplay myself. But if anybody wanted to test on these beats, they want to test on the mic, any of that, I give them the go. Man, I'm 40. I don't give a fuck about that shit. But, like, as a teacher, I can give you the go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know, man, nigga, I know my shit, but I know niggas who really know that fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, from the cloth that I am not cut from, man. And I ain't afraid to say, like, I ain't too arrogant or, or, or even fucking around when it comes to them niggas. I got a good brand. That's all I got. The Metal Monkey, man. I think that's the best goddamn... I'm the bad, baddest motherfucker on the planet. But at the same time, these niggas, it, these niggas really the baddest people on the planet, for real, if I really want to talk. Like, I got to interview these niggas. That's what's going to make the, you know, that's what's going to, I don't know. It's going to make me feel better, but I'm giving people real shit, like not no fake shit, because, like, we can all watch these big-ass niggas who don't went 17 times platinum and they sip and serve. But what about these niggas who, like, tour every fucking year since 2010? They've been grinding. Extentacion without the deal. You know what I'm saying? That's the niggas I want to fuck with. That's like Henry them. Uh, I mean, Suspicion them. They Suspicion go to them DMC battles. Him and his boys. Got Kurt Disney. He, Kurt right now. This week, he going to be on live somewhere. He going to be on live, man. And he on Twitch. You know what I'm saying? These dudes at any opportunity, they hungry for this shit. These motherfuckers go to record stores and they hang out at record stores for all day. I used to be that nigga too. I spent my years when I was younger, I used to go get samples like that. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was using outboard shit, I go get my samples like that. Nigga, I had tons of fucking albums and records and shit. But to do this for their whole career, and like, you doing, you doing everything to make the just... You know, and I know some of these niggas, some of these DJ niggas, DJs is like the mechanics of the goddamn rap game because them niggas go get records and 
fine artists and stuff to play. Them niggas gonna get booed. They gonna have their good days and their bad days. I don't give a fuck how good this venue is. This venue might be shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and can't nobody do, you know, like somebody kick a cord, uh, something come out, you so busy, the set already just started, and goddamn, a cord come out, and then it's like a wee. Everybody looking at the fucking DJ like, man, you fucking the vibe up, bro. <laughs> you know how many times Henry had to go through that? You know what I'm saying? Kurt, them had to go through that. DJ O'Rig, they had to go through that. Fuck them. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> poor babies. <laughs> and then, like, like I say, like, they're my niggas, but fuck them. What about Jam Master J? And fucking Cool Hurt. Cool Hurt could have came outside and played that bullshit. Guess what? He probably never started. <laughs> If he came outside on that fuck nigga shit and played the wrong goddamn thing, it would have never started. Uh, and and then like Jam Master J, guys like that, them old um, Too Short and uh, Red Man, like the real Red Man, he's a good DJ. All those guys, like when you started up back then as a DJ. You know how many times they got booed, they got beat up, they got chased off stage. I mean, with all their equi- all this equipment they had to bring. For one, they had to have like a some type of vehicle or some homeboy, and they had to pack all this shit up and put it in somebody's vehicle. Because nine times out of ten, I've always seen they always got a homeboy with a truck, and then they got this like mediocre ass car. That's, I don't know, it's just the DJs. Eh? They have a mediocre car. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, they're not big car people because they're the mechanics of the industry. Like, they got too much shit <laughs> to be dealing with. And they have a U Haul or something like that, and then they unpack the U Haul. <clears throat> I, I don't watch niggas do all this, but, but like guys like Jam Master Jake, because Henry, them, they, they put in the same amount of work. Like, over years, you think for like 20 something years, man, y'all been having this shit popping. Y'all been fucking scratching, getting at it. Like going to competitions, putting in the goddamn work. And then nigga like me slide in with a goddamn podcast who know how to make beats. Man, the niggas don't the man, so I don't put myself in the same boat with them niggas, man. I say they cut from a different cloth. You know, when I was at full sale, they told me the digital age is coming. I was, at that time I was using Fruity Loops anyway. <laughs> I know how to use all the outboard equipment and everything too. Like still, I know how to fucking uh, how they traditionally DJ and shit like that. I know how to get it all. I actually, I'm gonna be honest. I know how to get it started. I could do it. Have I? Pro- Man, I don't even care to do it. I got like when I first the first uh, I got this little one CD turntable where you play the CD and you scratch that bitch and shit. I had that shit. And, like, that was, like, my first thing. I had that in, like, 2006 or something like that. And Jacob was born. Yeah, I had a, I had a studio. I, had, I was standing in his house. No, it was just as Jacob was in here. 2005. But I had a, I had a big-ass fucking house. Big fucking studio. Like, big-ass house. When I say big-ass house, that home was big. It's like a, one of those 1,800 homes, like an old-school house. But it was like huge. It was like, like the fucking slave master house, nigga. Like, so, 
that bitch was big. And um, <laughs> and in the back, I had it came with this building, and I was like, damn, I went in there and shit, and I made that a studio. So there, I don't know who the fuck. I think my nigga Demo B. I used to know this nigga named Dave, man. He was cold, fucking bloody, dope ass rapper, man. Nobody could fuck with Super Dave. Dave was cold, and um, he um, uh, he gave me some equipment. And one of them was that thing, and then one of them was a fucking um, fader. They go, what? I built my studio around that shit, and that's what I had. So that's like my first experiences in like even fucking with the DJ and part of the shit. But I, what I used it for was for making beats. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, this cold as fuck. And then like throughout time, like somebody would be sitting down and I'm actually making the beat, not just playing shit. I'm actually making a beat, they'll say, man, you should have been a DJ. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's always was a dream. And, like, people like Henry, them, I know they put in the work, and I can't be like, yo, man, I'm, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm doing this. Now, I will take a nigga gig, though. I take a nigga gig, and I do exactly whatever I got to do. If a gig come up, because that's money, who the fuck wouldn't? But I ain't a DJ like them niggas. Them niggas know how to fucking DJ. They would get a record. I can frisbee. I could frisbee five records from across the room. This nigga will. He, he, I don't know if he know this skill or not, but like I'm telling you, he's so dedicated. I could frisbee you five records from across the room. He will catch those five records, and he will somehow put that shit on. He will, he, he will somehow put that shit on the deck and get that shit spinning and mix and all of that. And it can DJ. Like catching that shit like fucking Karate Kid or something. That's how co- goddamn dope he is. He got a video that uh, that's I'm gonna put on the podcast of him DJing. Now this motherfucker guy, he DJing. Both hands occupied up top, but he got there working the fucking crossfader still. He got his foot. He got three turntables. He got a turntable down here at his foot. And he fucking throwing records down there, catching that shit and scratching with his feet, nigga. It's my boy. He gonna be on the show Sunday. Yeah. The fuck? I'm not in his... I'm not... No. Everybody ain't made equal. Henry, DJ Suspicious is better than me at DJ. <laughs> like, he better than I ever care about being. <laughs> You know, when people talk about that LeBron and uh, George, and I bet LeBron James, like, so? So? <laughs> I saw, I don't care if Jordan better. So? I got championships too. I don't care. I, like, he's supposed to be that good. I grew up liking him. So that's just how the niggas is. They, they, he's supposed to be that good. I, I like him. I ain't even trying to get in his goddamn. And there's a lot of DJs out there like that. Like DJ Quest, he was the DJ for us. Man, I remember one, one show we was at. And it was always a blessing to see Quest because we did a lot of shows and the cats that we was uh, assigned to, they weren't from the same, they weren't from the same area we was from at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't from the same city or none of that shit. You know, so, like, I'm in a whole different city rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, when we doing a lot of shows and stuff, like, like I'm, a, I'm totally away. Never did no home, like, shit in my city. So, uh, I did shoot a music video in the city. Shot the first music video on us, but at the same time, uh, outside of that, we uh, we would always be somewhere different. You know what I'm saying? Rapping for like 
the outside crowd or whatever. I forgot what I was going with it. <laughs> but no, we used to be. I, I I can tell you a story off that though. Like we used to be in different cities all the time, like away, and I learned how to adapt like to the world and like to gauge myself and see where like other people was. But I knew you had to be unique though, and uniqueness is is you. Like when you come to the party, like what it was every time. I mean, when you come to the party, then you're you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always admire everybody else. I used to go in, I always admire everybody else as an artist, whatever like that. Oh, DJ Quest or So I always admire everybody as an artist, but I realized, like, yo, they admire, somebody admire me here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I make part of this room go round. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I realized that way back then. What's your uniqueness? So I used to use my uniqueness. It's like a lot, like a lot of people have to learn that it ain't about a competition. You ain't see a lot of people trying to be better than everybody else, or better than the next, or I'm gonna just be the best. No, be you, man. You know what I'm saying? That's at the end of the day when you get knocked off that best high horse, you have to be you. So you might as well go and start being you now. Some people gonna say you mediocre. Some people gonna say you're excellent. But you just be you and just keep on going and you listen to what you are. They'll tell you what y'all, but you just be you because, like, you can go real high, you can go real low, but at the end of the day, you're still going to end up in that middle and be you, and that's what's going to take you further than all the other shit that you try to do. 